Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. Another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal and casual and informal conversation about Star Trek. Uh, we're focused on Star Trek The Next Generation, and today's episode is Ethics. And Sean from Trek on the Tube, Trek on the Tube is joining me today. Hello, Sean. Hi, I'm training my rudeness. As you speak, I'm on my phone. Oh my god, you're such a millennial. I what know. are you? Are you a millennial? I don't know. What am I? How old are I, you? I was, I'm, I'm a 90s kid. That's what, that's what we call it ourselves, isn't it? Like those who oh, are think born in the 90s. Uh, I think you are officially. Like you're the, the elders I watched, of the I watched the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> um, I don't know. What is a millennial? A millennial is someone born in like the year 2000 or something, isn't it? I think technically 1986. So my daughter is what? She's born in literally the Post- future, right? She's like the. She's like the. She's like a. Wasn't the generation she's Y? The generation she's Kryptonian. <laughs> she's she's a Kryptonian. She she was grown in a husk. See, I brought it into the episode. Yes. My daughter was not grown in a husk. How dare you call my wife a husk? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, hey, Sean. I have a personal favor to ask you. Oh God. I must die. And I need you to kill me. <laughs> well, let's go to uh, Belgium where euthanasia is legal. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's a good thing to talk about. But let's save it for after the summary. Do you want to give <laughs> okay, it a shot? Li- after the what? <laughs> I, can, I can do the summary. Oh, yes. Awesome. I get to kick back. <laughs> I can do the summary. Go I'm a little fuzzy it. on certain things. But um, okay, so. There's um, two things going on. Uh, the most important of which is some uh, asshole um, put some sort of dangerous substance in a barrel, and it uh, made the barrel fall on the wharf. So I hope that guy gets fired. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I'm just okay, wait, okay. So stop um, <laughs> right there. It was a freak accident. It was. It a was freak a freak accident. accident. It was a freak <laughs> accident that no one could expect. A barrel falls on Wolf's back and um, breaks many of his vertebrae, and he becomes fully paralyzed. Or paralyzed. Um, what is it? From the legs down or from the waist down? Yeah, from the waist so down. He's, yeah. he's unable to walk, and this is permanent. It's it's established that uh, Wolf will never walk again, and this kind of. Um, puts him in a tricky, uh, tricky situation because he's Klingon, and in uh, well, in his opinion of his culture uh, or the way he sees things, he um, only has one option: it is to die. And so the episode, you know, talks about how uh, essentially Worf asks Commander Riker to kill him in a traditional and um, kind of a traditional ritual suicide um, in, in Klingon culture. And then we also have this side plot 
where uh, the Enterprise is going out to save a bunch of people that have also... As, as it mm-hmm. always does. Like, as it always, always does. There's, there's, there's <laughs> like an accident or uh, a situation going on, on on a planet or a colony, and so the Enterprise is going to you know get those people. So they're, we actually see them retrieve people and, and store them in like... Um, I think it's like a hangar bay that they've transformed into sort of right, some right. Sort of the, like a tree facility. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, and then so yeah, that's when she, Doctor Crusher's rival. <laughs> exactly, and so uh, at, at the same at the same kind of situation, um, this other doctor comes in uh, because she's she's what the leading expert in. Um, some kind like these therap like she's just ra- a radical a researcher who's like advancing like neurogenic something or rather exactly she's a boss at fixing people right yeah um exactly. and so she comes on board and, or, and she has and or killing them sorry and i keep or, interrupting okay, your so summary she, she, she has she has a plan <laughs> to uh she, she offers a third option to wolf which at this point the two only options are he in his mind he commits suicide or he regains only 60 percent of his mobility with traditional healing um and that's not an op- the second option isn't isn't at all an option for him and so she brings in a a third option which is a radical treatment which could kill him um and if it doesn't kill him it'll help him regain a hundred percent of his mobility but it's a a risky procedure that's never been done before and so crusher goes through some sort of kind of moral dilemma whether it's a good idea or not to do that uh we see a little bit of um, how her, her doctor rival is kind of proceeding with these things when she um, what does she do? She operates on one of these survivors. Oh yeah, from the planet. Oh, she gives instead. Of, yeah, well, or like instead it's of more giving like, him uh, a standard medical procedure. Procedure. Right. She, she, she does she, this experimental, she does this experimental thing, which the thing. She defends by saying it, it had more chances of, you know, having her survive, but ultimately it killed her. And so there's a, a moral dilemma going on between Crusher and her. And eventually, um, they actually do the procedure on Worf. He accepts. Uh, it goes wrong for a while, but because he's a Klingon and he's a boss, he comes back to life. <laughs> Because he has like two of everything, and he has apparently two of everything. now, now I can never erase in my mind Discovery because of Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> they have two of everything. Two. He has two of everything. <laughs> You're okay, right. this is PG. <laughs> two, u- two, two urethras doesn't mean two penises. <laughs> Just saying. But the shadow. There was a. Sh- there was there a wasn't shadow. a shadow. I didn't see a shadow. There was a shadow. Oh, there was two streams. In there Discovery. were two streams, but there weren't oh, two shadows. Believe me, this was Klingon penis. I was looking. <laughs> did I see? Did I create a shadow? Where you there created was the shadow. You did that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You did that. Whoops. Oh oh. For my. um, for um, research purposes, I looked long and hard at the <laughs> Klingon peeing, and also the Klingon boobs. <laughs> 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 for 
that that ties beautifully into this episode for research purposes. I see exactly. <laughs> All right, no, I, I, I sound like a pervert, but on, honestly, I, I find it very. Um, Wait, you're not finished with your summary. No, I'm not finished. With summary. <laughs> okay. Side honestly, note. Side note. I find it awesome that we see more of alien anatomy. It's not that I want to see alien genitals. It's just that well, you know. It's 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 just that. That's it's going in, in the quotes forever. Database it, one. <laughs> Database <it's>, one. <laughs> record record this moment. <laughs> this is a side of Star Trek we've never seen before. We've seen alien it's species, true. we've seen these cultures, but we've it's never true. seen the actual anatomy. And in a day and age where we can have TV mature shows, it's kind of awesome that they do that. That's true. I agree. Even That's though we both agree that Star Trek should be for, what? There should, should there just should be, be a Star Trek. There should for be a kids. Star Trek for kids at the same time. At the same time, yeah. I I uh, love uh, the adult Star Trekking. I just think that like should we're be not inspiring the kid, youth. Kid tricking. Anyway, <laughs> kid, kid uh, tri- that's end, why Star Trek end of the summary. <laughs> end of the summary. Worf survives. And um, lives happily ever after because never again does he deal with recuperation or anything else (laughs) we will will address that i also forgot i'm sorry i didn't mention this alexander plays a big role in this yes um where uh wolf doesn't want alexander to see him because he's wounded and weak and he feels you know uh, he's insecure i suppose this is like the cleon insecurity um and then there's this whole deal where Riker refuses to Riker refuses to kill wolf but he finds he finds a loophole and finds a way out of it by saying, "I read up on your your laws and your rituals, and your, your tradition says your child should be doing this." So then, you know, Worf is confronted with this fact that he he can't ask Alexander to kill him. Right? This isn't. I mean, that's not going to go down. Alexander, so. I need you to stab me in the heart with this blade, and then pull it out and wipe the blood okay, so on your first, sleeve as first I die point, before you. I'm just intrigued. The epic speech. Uh, that that Picard has well, he's got multiple in this, but he he has this big discussion with Riker and tells him what yeah, about tradition. I had that in my notes too. That's awesome. All right, would he have <laughs> yeah. said the same thing to Alexander? Oh, that's a really good question. Because we're talking about a kid. Um, well, I think if Worf asked Alexander to do it, um, he would have run away and cried. Yeah, I think that Alexander would have had a... Yeah, it would not have been a a good thing. He knows his son well, well enough to know. <laughs> that he would have said no. And then he would have been dishonored, disgraced. You know, the, well, okay, it would have so been horrible. Both I, of them, the I whole think family. This is a great, I think this is a great uh, way to dive right into our discussion. Awesome summary. Thanks for covering all those like awesome points. <laughs> um, terrible summary. No, it was actually pretty good. I was like really, in, I was enjoying it. I mean, I, it was good. At, it was so good that I was compelled to participate. Oh, and oh. then Arthur needs to be let out. What? One moment. Oh, I'm wireless. I can actually just do this. I can like roll over. <laughs> My headset is supposed to be wireless as well, but I can't get the friggin' connection to work. The Bluetooth connection to work. So I'm I'm all wired. Oh. It's, uh, I think, uh, I think one day, hopefully soon, uh, you'll be able to upgrade to a Mac and then you'll never have these problems. Oh my God. Oh my God. I felt it. I don't know why. I I could, I I sensed it. 
<laughs> Starfleet Boy, brought to you by Apple Computers. Oh, come on. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> I, have, I have an announcement to make, by the way, for oh. the, like however many people that listen to us. Yes, yes, go um, ahead. It was recently said by a lot of people, including me, because it was reported so, that uh, Star Trek Short Treks, which will be coming out in a few days now, um, were a US exclusive. Um, but uh, change of pl- well, change of plans. Canada will be having it as well. Oh! It'll be on Space Channel on Sunday seventh, uh, between two episodes of Doctor Who. Um, so if you're in Canada and you're listening to this podcast, and this is before Short Treks come out, um, which is I'm actually gonna no, I know there was a delay in the last. <laughs> this one's coming out right after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to, to, to know that Space Channel will be having um, short tricks. I don't know if they're going to put it on Crave TV, which is the video on demand that we have um, Star Trek Discovery on in Canada. But it will be on, on Space Channel. No news for the rest of the world. But um, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm not hype about Runaway, but, you know, which will be the first episode. I'm really excited uh, because... I'm hoping to see a shift in... I'm just hoping to glean some kind of uh, difference <laughs> from season one. I want to see how the show's evolving, and maybe the short treks will give us a clue into that. Um, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Positive. Uh, I do think that uh, there was a, a lot of discussion around a, a post I made about, about this where I kind of, in a as humorous way as possible, um, petitioned to CBS to let to let it be free i could pay more as an i wanted to pay more as a a u.s uh subscriber uh to see if we can have it uh broadcast for free um and i got no actual response from cbs and i also probably tweeted it wrong but doomcock felt it important to comment really really i was i still haven't even responded because as uh, as uh, polarizing as Doomcock is, one responds carefully to uh, to the King of Trolls. Uh- <laughs> one of us needs to get into his DMs and start speaking privately to him because I'm sure he's absolutely not like his character. Then I would like oh, expose him, right? We could expose him on Starfleet Boy. I, like, Look, yeah, I know. I he trying- isn't how he is. <laughs> I've, He's I've a gentle po- soul. <laughs> I've actually poked the Doomcock uh, many times. <laughs> trying to- <laughs> the Doomcock? Yes. Many, wow. many times trying to try to get some answers about who Doomcock truly is. Because I am. But he's got I'm, his shields I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And, and, you know, the staff... It, it, I don't follow Doomcock. I'm sorry, Doomcock, if that offends you. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the Expanse writers do. And that, compa- well, that you, makes you, me, you like, don't follow crazy. Cox, you precede them, right? <laughs> What's that? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I like that. That was good. I totally missed a compliment. Thanks, though. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't, did you hear what I said? I perceived them. Yes. That was very nice. Thank you. Okay. Was that was that nice? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Uh, I also want to uh, officially state uh, I have an announcement, too. Um, I just want you to know that even though we talk incessantly about Star Trek on the show, that uh, Starfleet boy myself, I'm a rapper, and uh, my fans are called Starfleet. And so I just want to like make that known, and that's been since the beginning of this show. 
it's just it's just an unknown fact, and so I just want to put that out there and record it here so that everyone everyone knows that. So Starfleet boy, um, you know, <laughs> you 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 have these inside jokes that work only to yourself. I know, and, and then you try to execute them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> They're great, don't you know? When I when I listen to my show in the car in traffic, it makes me laugh. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad this brings to you joy now. to your life All twice. Right. <laughs> Diving straight into the uh, memory alpha here, um, oh, uh, I guess we get. To, there's a lot of things uh, to talk about. I have a lot of questions. This is I, a big episode. This is like a heavy Star Trek episode. It's a heavy. Though Star Trek I don't episode. think it's amazing hmm. as an episode. I think the themes that it tackles are really, really great. I just think that I, I often say this with TNG, but I think that a lot of the themes that they tackle. Um, would be better executed as story arcs in seasons rather than just standalone episodes, um, which is probably I, my only real complaint. Right, and 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 I think we've all we've had this discussion a lot of times on the show too. We're aware that within the context of when TNG aired, this was the cutting edge television of the time. Yeah, this it was, was like, this, yeah. was, this was the new age. This format was the this yeah, was the shiz. I think that um, like. I think it's important that we're, as as uh, lovers of Star Trek, and it's, it's just this show encompasses all of Star Trek, so we have to kind of talk about it against Discovery, against modern television. Yeah, well, in the context ex- to modern yeah. television and what came so, before. So yeah, I think that's a good that's a good distinction to be uh, to be made. All right, moving uh, straight into my notes, I will go first. I'm not going to tell you what I thought of the episode. I'm going to try to be very. Uh, very neutral to see if you can guess oh, wow. what my ra- my rating will be. It could be anything. It could be one it to could be- zero to ten. I you? you never I know. know. It's true. You never know. But I mean, the thing is, even if you love an episode, you can give it three. Uh, I wrote down. Da- <laughs> I wrote down uh, in my notes the coolest concepts in the episode. Uh, can we talk about the Enterprise safety protocol? Because you brought it up, and it had it in my notes, actually, which is, what the F are they doing? <laughs> like, how does the computer not know that this, like, weird gas is being vented from a bear? You would think, because today, we have everything, like, uh, RFID'd, we have scanners and sensors in barrels. Like, our actual barrels are smart, right? Like, we have all these smart devices today, like, now, right, happening mm-hmm. right now. Um so that's a little thing that, like, as a person of... I don't, <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I don't know. The thing is, when I was a child, my imagination, you know, was greater than it is now. And I used to think that all of these barrels weren't just plastic, right? They were, like, a special, uh, either an alloy or a that's special, they a special yeah, space they, plastic, they right? That, um, so the space plastic can contain many, many things and what have you. And so you or would imagine itself. that... You would imagine that whatever's going on with this barrel, whether it's inside or outside of, I, I don't know what's really going on with it, um, it would be resistant to it. Or if it isn't resistant, then it's really, really dangerous shit. But then if it is that dangerous, why the hell is it there in the first place and just, you know, stacked up at the top of... Right, like, there's just the... This flimsy shelving like, and... I don't know. You can't. You can't blame. I mean, like, imagine. I, I think, like, today, the reason why television's so much more thought provoking, like, not thought provoking, but thoughtful, I guess. Like, like you don't see a lot of these kinds of things today, is because 
um, they didn't have to do like 27, 26 episodes a season. You know, they don't have to do that anymore. It's like you only have to worry about 13 episodes. But I will say um, that, yeah, I was a little surprised as a I'm sure as a kid, I didn't. I was just like, oh, my God, like, which, we nit- you know, we nitpicked. OK, <laughs> Star Trek fans have always nitpicked back in, in the original when the original series was being released and they received fan mail. People would nitpick. Right. Oh, right. the transporter effect wasn't you know the same. As, but <laughs> I know because I I actually remember when we when this episode first aired, the, our little group, including Hubbard, and I wish she was on this uh, episode. Uh, w- we would talk about these very same things. Well, there you go. Okay, so everyone's nitpicked on Star Trek for years and years, but I think nowadays, um, the like the it's not just the elitist Star Trek trickies. It's like the general audience has a tendency to point out flaws and things that aren't logical. Um, if someone has an ID card with someone else's face in a movie, you who know, are the people elite are gonna say, Star Trek people? There's a one percent in Star Trek. <laughs> not necessarily. I was just talking about like who the, are hardco- these Star the, Trek the hardcore, the hardcore trickies that were kind Is of. Hillary- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know the hardcore trickies that. Um, I suppose there was a time we thought like trickies alienated general audiences, right? It wasn't mainstream. I think society alienated trekkies. It was the other way. Okay. Okay. Around. Fair enough. Fair and, enough. Now, and, and now, like, trekkies are cool all of a sudden. So well, now the like, nerds are cool. Yeah, nerds are cool in general. Okay. So I think, I think so, it was a different, a different every, thing everyone, altogether. Everyone nitpicks. Like yeah, together, I mean, like Every, a, everyone is is a nitpicker nowadays. On this their own, is the weirdest episode of Starfleet Boy because we're not even talking about the episode. But I, I have we a are, statement I'm to bring make based on your, <laughs> based on your statement, real quick. Can I make my statement real quick? Go. Um, in fact, back then we were like desperate to in- to get people into Star Trek because, like, I think the hope was that if Star Trek continued to gain popularity, there would be more of it. Which we had a twelve year mm. hiatus, so it looked like it was dead. But uh, <laughs> but it is it, it is uh, it is a funny thing on on social media. Um, you know, I was kidding when I'm like, who are these Star Trek elites and all that stuff? But I definitely <laughs> see what you're talking about it because in terms of social media, there's a, there's all kinds of new phenomena. So now Star Trek as a fandom is huge now. It's like actually like a considerable, it's the top tier. It's like, oh, you like, you know, the Marvel MC, there's MCU, there's Star Wars, there's Star Trek, there's Doctor Who. I can't think of any others right now, but, (laughs) but those seem to be like the leaderboard. They, they definitely like take up the leaderboard of fandoms, right? The Wizarding World. That's the Wizard. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And I love the Wizarding World. How could I, hold on. (laughs) Just proof that I love the Wizarding World. Expelliarmus. Expelliarmus. Which by the way, uh, if you don't, do you like Harry Potter? My wife likes Harry Potter very much. I like Fantastic Beasts. Ooh, does she uh, does she watch uh, listen to Beast uh, Beach uh, Binge Mode Harry Potter? No. <gasps> Tell her about Binge Mode. Does she listen to podcasts other than yours? Or she one? doesn't listen to? Well, no, but <laughs> she listens to audio adventures sometimes. She she could listen to podcasts. I mean, if if it's something that really interests her. Why not? Ask her to check out binge. And so this is the official Starfleet Boy plug for binge mode Harry Potter. I wish I was a, as pro as those guys are. Those guys binge are actually hashtags. I'll tell her yeah, about binge that. Binge mode Harry Potter. Okay. So I, I okay. had a statement. On, I had an ongoing statement, which is now paused, and I don't know what it was. I, I can, I'll bring you back to it. So, but, but 
to finish off, yes, there I are these now. like there are these like phenomenons like uh, people who feel the need to be gatekeepers, uh, whatever that is. Uh, people who feel like <laughs> people who feel like there's the need to like be exclusive. Um, I just have to say, uh, if you are a fan of something, it's just something you feel in your heart. No one can tell you to be a fan of it or not to be a fan. With in fact, a fan has all the power in the world. It is a fan that makes something you know uh worth obsessing over in in essence so you'd go on and be a fan of whatever the heck you want <laughs> and don't let anyone tell you you're not a fan that's it <laughs> you, don't, you don't have all power when you're a fan though sadly you have the most power you have no, the, you you're the because, because, yes you no, do no no <laughs> no okay if you're a fan of whatever singer okay your your theory is that like if you you have the power because you buy the album they continue to make music you stop buying the album maybe they might change their mind and think oh well this music didn't please them the thing is like if you're in the minority like if you loved an artist for the way he was in the beginning and he starts changing if and he starts changing to a more mainstream thing then more mainstream people are going to come in and then you're just going to wash away and that artist is going to continue going in a direction that you know doesn't please you and so your power dissipates and disappears and then your you are going to have to find another artist that like executes and, and creates the style of music that you enjoyed in the first place you still have all the power because if enough people agree with you that's just how life works if enough people it's democracy but it doesn't bro. because the but problem is big, big things go in the direction of like commercialized product and a lot of the mainstream people don't like okay sheeple <laughs> i hate the word I th- but i think i think the thing is is that like i think we're talking about maybe two different things like i'm not talking about being a fan for life i'm talking about being mm. a fan right now in the moment you know what i mean like in the moment oh, in the moment Come on. <laughs> like, like yeah if you're a fan if you think you're gonna be a, fan, a fan you know now. i'm not talking about marriage <laughs> I'm just talking about this right now, this moment right now, right here. Live it. <laughs> so, Live it. You know Be what, free. Justin Bieber? I was not a fan until that one album, the, you know, Sorry Sorry album. And then, Purpose. And then I became a fan. <laughs> it's like, and then I don't know if I'm going to stay a fan, you know? Who knows? Who knows? That's because everyone hated on him because he was a child. And then when no, they realized... there were a lot of people who were fans of and child then, Bieber. <laughs> from, from the beginning, I said Justin Bieber is no worse or better than any other pop artist he's just another generic pop artist i'm sorry to say this but, but sure you know mr Bieber, i guess but, that's i guess that's people where hated on him because <laughs> I, I felt like people were jealous of the guy like he was so of successful course. at such a young age the and then when they realized that he, human and then on the planet when he became field. an adult and he became an adult <laughs> there was no longer any more reason to be jealous he's just another jason derulo or justin timberlake or you know, you know they've I, all got different I, names, but they sing the same songs. This is a Star Trek podcast, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say <laughs> I could argue with you about Justin Bieber being compared to anyone else because he's just Justin Bieber. Oh my god! Dude. <laughs> wow. Is Sean? Is it too late now to say sorry to our audience for straying off track so much? <laughs> I thought that was another Justin Bieber reference because that's a song. It was. It was a total, that was totally Okay. Wow. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm at this point now in my life where I understand Justin Bieber's song references, which um, I never thought would happen. Welcome to adulthood. Um, Welcome to adulthood. So, okay. So what about, okay, uh, the other thing is... I wanted is, to finish um, my point. <laughs> yes, go, go ahead. My point go was, on. my point was, um, uh, general audiences didn't use to nitpick so much, which I think is why the whole um, plastic barrel that falls on a wharf, no one used to, it, like back when TNG came out, I don't think people thought too much about the whys and ifs and whats about the barrel falling. It was more about um, the impact of the barrel falling on the wharf. And, that, like, it's just... Well, yeah. We're trying to tackle this subject. It doesn't really matter if, like, the minutia of, of the events leading up to it... It was like it could have know, been... It could have been anything. It could have been, like, a bad bulkhead. It exactly. could have been, like, it's, it's metal-eating bacteria. It could have been... Right, yeah. To initiate I, to, the story. I totally agree. Nice, uh, nice bringing course, it back to... Nowadays calming down my. Nowadays we don't do that. Nowadays movies and shows and people that produce them they try to do their best to make everything coherent or at least seem like believable. Well, I think I think that the thing is is that, and this is a real danger. I'm just realizing uh, with science fiction is that like any depiction of the future at some point we'll start to look obsolete when the real technology like that we actually have actually ends up proving that you know that that couldn't happen <laughs> like the way it happens you know what i mean so i think it's just an interesting phenomenon that's so, why the wizarding world should be crossed over with the star trek so you could have like wizards in space and so you ooh. wouldn't have the technology problem but it still would be like science fiction and space yeah, but then, I, then it becomes a fantasy. Like, we need science fiction in our world. I think it's great. <laughs> because, actually, there's another... Uh, uh, so, okay, going back to the bigger story, because I think that the biggest thing that comes out of this episode is um, the ethics issue. Like, uh, to me, it's interesting that you... There's there's two strong plots here. There's the wharf ethics issue which is like you know him wanting to commit suicide and what right what the humans basically think of the klingon rituals or ways or, or society there's a, cult, there's a cultural gap gap right but then the there's this like argument about the ethics of both cultures right and then but then there's the medical ethics argument yeah. which i thought was very interesting as well and surprisingly, like I think within like the last couple of weeks, um, there's been news. Uh, I, I saw it like on I forget like maybe Gizmodo or, or one of the blogs, but like the like basically like we are reconnecting spinal columns and growing neurons and growing you know nerve you know nerve endings and things like that in laboratories. And there's people now that are walking that had the same prognosis Worf had in the beginning of this episode where like you either won't be able to walk ever again or you'll only gain like, you know, uh, a portion of your uh, original mobility. Um, but there's people with impl there was like a story about implants, uh, which was also discussed in this episode. And there was a story about like, you know, like regrowing um, damaged tissue and bone and, and, and other things. So I think it's awesome to, to have watched this episode and then seen like, Oh wait, look like right now that's something that's like real. And, and like 30 years ago, it was just like science fiction, you know? Hmm. Yeah, but well, uh, okay. Well, I didn't. I I didn't see any of those stories. But if 
that's freaking awesome. It's a coincidence, by the way, that we're like at this episode. I well, I think we're making the coincidence, but we're, yes, okay, we're creating a coincidence. We want <laughs> yes. it to be one. <laughs> yes, but I, but I mean, like these kinds of like even at I'm pretty sure that even at the time of this episode, the writers probably referenced like really experimental writings about medical technology. I mean, like they had science advisors, if I'm not mistaken, on the show, and like they had uh, them on the original series. I'm sure of it. Yeah, and then and I'm, pretty I'm assuming sure that they had them had on science TNG, advisors like Gene Roddenberry started TNG, and he would have brought them on. Yeah, um, so so it, it is cool, and I think that, again this goes back to like kind of an uh, like a, a value I think of Star Trek ultimately, or any science fiction really, um, where it's more on the science, like harder on the science side, is that like it does awaken these like ideas and minds, and so one can I, I would love to speak to the researchers. And and see if any of them were inspired by this episode, or if they were, you know, like if you sure. need to find out, you know, I'm, be like, cool. I'm absolutely sure. There's a guy in New York creating a friggin' um, tractor beam as we speak. Oh, right? what? Yeah, it's friggin' awesome, and it, he's tricky. Astronauts in space, all of them on that space, you know, the, the International awesome. Space Station. They're all tricky. It's 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 awesome. I have a few questions. Uh, what did you think of uh, the... Uh, there are two ethical questions, so we'll deal with um, the... The first one is, if if you were in Riker's shoes, how mm-hmm. would you feel about Worf's requests? Would you feel the same, or, or would you feel more like what Picard was suggesting? And if he had... And, and are you surprised, also, that Worf asked Riker and not Picard, because considering that Picard was, like, his shadish and all that stuff... Yeah, um, okay, so I'm going to say one thing, and then I'm going to stop it there, because that's a whole other discussion <laughs> entirely, and then I'm going to answer your question. Okay. The, the thing that I want to say is, was just was Worf subconsciously, did he subconsciously not want to die because he didn't ask Picard? Picard would have said yes immediately and would have killed him. <laughs> So the, I kind of feel like he kind of Picard asked Picard. Is, you think of Picard as like a bloodlust cut? Or just, no, or just like absolutely so not. Like, he's just he's so like this is the tradition, this is the honor. I will kill him. And so that that, that to yes, me, Mr. Wolf, it, I will gladly yes. kill you. I, I will, will wipe your blood you. on my sleeve. So yes, that's, that's 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 how I see it. So I was like, okay. So he asked Riker because he knew that Riker would, you know, he's got that clever mind. He'll find a way out of it um i didn't understand <laughs> since you since since you mentioned that i didn't completely understand Worf's uh hardcore uh desire to die here because or his expression okay uh, so is that just Worf being Worf, or would every klingon have done the same thing in his case i'm pretty sure a lot of klingons wouldn't like i i feel like some sort of crazy klingon would have been like cut my legs off and give me some fucking robot legs, and I'll go kill someone on the battlefield anyway, right? I mean, I, right? Both both of the things make w- sense, Wolf right? Is, like- w- Wolf embodies like the perfection of his culture. He enhances his culture so much because he doesn't like he doesn't. He tries to represent his culture so much that it, he's but, he's like a, a parody of yeah. it. Yeah, I yeah, it's a really good point. I would I would say that he that's doesn't, true. He yeah. doesn't it, live in his culture as. People point this out in every single video I make. Not every Klingon is honorable. And, you know, though that, like, not everyone is the same. Like, hum- not all humans are the same. Not all Klingons are the same. Um, but Worf 
I don't know, he has this weird thing where he wants to be everything that a Klingon should be, and so like it feels like that's where he's coming from. You need to kill me, because I have no other choice. I was like, I, fucking I think, Duras yeah, would have found another right. way. He would have stolen some Cardassian lakes and then stuck them <laughs> on himself, right? Like, <laughs> look, look, now I can dance. I have Cardassian legs. <laughs> I killed a famous Cardassian dancer. <laughs> Check out my pirouettes. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Um, Yes, that's a very accurate. You I don't know, know what Duras uh, house member you're doing right now, but okay. <laughs> I think I was doing a gal round impression because I can only do two, two Klingon voices. I can only and and Worf's only sounds like Picard, so <laughs> so it's it's genera Klingon. Uh, <laughs> I am no longer going to be a traitor to my people. I'm going to be the greatest dancer. <laughs> that Kronos has ever seen uh, <laughs> Hopping bars trying to dance, right? Uh, yeah, Duras the dancer the, the, what, would you have, what would you have done if, if Wolf asked you, right? That's really tricky Well, I was because asking here's you the thing. No, since you're <laughs> Okay, no, okay here's, here's the thing, right? You want to respect his culture And his tradition and his like um, his kind of thought process and his way of thinking, which is he he believes that you know he needs to die, and that's the Klingon culture. But then the human culture is I I don't kill my friends, right? We yeah. don't do that. <laughs> and then right. so we have this clash of, of of like races and species going on. This clash and of traditions, also which is, could, I, like, it's not that I don't want to respect your culture, it's just that mine doesn't do that, and I don't feel comfortable killing you. Like, do you think, I, do, you I think that that do you think that Worf should have known that and asked his closest Klingon pal and just waited? Like, should he have, like, yeah, you know, I think like, so. Or I think he should brother. have waited until his brother comes along or something, because the thing right. is. Even though he thinks it's best for him and his soul or whatever to die in that way, he's not taking into consideration how that would affect Riker on a long term. Like, like his life would be affected. Yeah. He killed Worf, right? Even if right. you you try to convince yourself every day, like he told me, then you, you keep on thinking, like, maybe there was this miracle procedure that Crusher would have found in the next 40 minutes. You know, well, um, yeah. Well, or that a, a friend would have. Um, <laughs> they, they find it in ten minutes. It's not even. They do. It it's like, hey, minutes. she like literally pulls it out of a pocket. Hey, I got this. But, I mean, we could use but yeah, this. Yeah, that, that is like a thing. Like, I don't know. I to me, like, first of all, I do want to say that I think all of the performances in this episode were like top level. Like, I think everyone did like, including Brian Bonsell, who plays Alexander. Like, I thought. Yeah. Watching it, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't uncompelled. I was definitely compelled. Um, but I will say that, um, yeah, like, that's it's something very that emotional. That, that moment where Worf dies, we know he doesn't die. You know he doesn't die. Right. But he dies. <laughs> um, and so that has no, like, no impact on me because I know he's not dead. But the moment where Crusher goes and she kneels before Alexander. Um, there's so oh, much yeah, emotion she, like, yeah, it was so in, good. in was um, really Gates' face and then 
you know, just this Alexander, sit, like, you can feel him kind of processing the, the death of his father. It's, um, yeah, I, I love that moment. I do remember at the time uh, when this episode aired, uh, when I was a kid, like, those were not things that I definitely focused on. I definitely think I, like, um, probably was the closest perspective was, like, Riker, you know, Riker's perspective is kind of, like, I think a compelling one and that, like, is mm. is super thought-provoking um, for that plot. But I did wonder, because even back then, there was this tendency, like, on every major TV show... At some point, a major character would become injured and be, and be in a situation where they thought that this injury would be like lifelong, you know. Like, and I think, I, I think I can remember like MacGyver in a wheelchair. I'm not even sure, but like, you know, it's like, like they were like there were always these kinds of things. And I thought it was interesting that Star Trek thought to handle that. I guess it's a trope if that happens, right? Like if it's happening a lot. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they handled and I thought it, it was interesting the way, way stri- they, they, they did to, handle like, it in a unique way, in a unique and original way. Um, I guess to answer your question is that yeah, like I think I think we did answer the question is that like I think that like I would have also said to Worf like you know also I appreciate you asking me but really this is something and Riker essentially does that by finding out what the actual ritual is. Um, he's like, look, <laughs> you, the, I love see, you, but you're you're a total asshole between, for asking me to do this. The difference between Riker and us is we would have found someone else to do it instead of us, whereas Riker <laughs> found a way to trick Wolf into not doing it. Doing it, yeah, which is great. No, I think R- any, Riker's of, any one us. of us, you give in us our not situation, enough credit. Wolf would have been dead. <laughs> no, in Picard's situation, Wolf would have been dead. It would have been like, all right, Absolutely. prepare the mission. <laughs> He would have prepared the ritual right like within five minutes, and then Dr. Crusher would have come in and been Mr. like... Mr. Data, prepare the holiday. <laughs> Let's Wolf, do this before Wolf I renew... death program one. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, it's already He's said. He, 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 put it, he punched it in on day one, right? Okay, so that brings up another point I wrote in my notes, which is I did think it was bizarre that Captain Picard was not more sympathetic to Riker. I thought he was very argumentative and like was just like you're not thinking about you're not thinking about Worf and and I, to, I wanted to say like but yeah, but you're not thinking about Will. You know like yeah, what he's is like he's your friend and first officer and you're going to have him kill someone. <laughs> right. And I mean okay, so is he allowed to do that as a Starfleet officer? I I is he allowed know. to kill that's another Starfleet other... officer? And then ha- like, you the go to Admiral like... What's-His-Face and you say, hey, hey hi, um, well, this officer killed this officer, but it's fine because this officer asked it and he's a Klingon and that was tradition. <laughs> it's all... like, you yeah, can't it's have... a little... Yeah. <laughs> the, I did think that was a little off. Like, Can you do that every that... other week? Can you like kill off everyone that you don't like and just say, it's tradition? It's fine. Jean-Luc, it's, it's there, have okay. been an, in, uh, there's, there have been a, a strange amount of deaths of <laughs> the Enterprise. What is going on over there? Well, uh, my crew's just asking is me culture. to... Culture You cannot oppress <laughs> my crew. I will kill anyone that asks me to. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up murdering everyone. <laughs> That'll be the... 
You know where we're going with this, right? Old Man Picard is going to be like Dexter in space. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, just this is a, this is a heavy episode, and it's it's thematically, you know, very interesting. And we're just, yes. we're, we're, you know, we're make, we're joking, kidding, and it's, it's well, inappropriate. Is it? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who are you, and what have you done with my first officer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> Just ask me to murder you. See how fast I do it. Um, anyways, the uh, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but you're right. It is no, it is heavy. Um, but I also wonder, like again, like uh, at the, at this point in the character's development, um, it, it, I do there. I guess I'm laughing because it is uncomfortable to think about these things. But like, you know, Worf's been among humans. He even he even gives Alexander his human last name. It's Alexander Rojenko. I don't know if Worf uses Rojenko. I've only heard like Worf, son of Moab, right? But I guess Alexander is Alexander Rojenko, son of Worf. Do right? do they have? Okay, so do Klingons have last names? Or do they only refer to themselves as like son or daughter of? That's all I've know. ever heard. I've yeah. never met another Klingon except Alexander, who has a, a last name. So I don't know what's behind all that. I don't know. So maybe they about. do have like a, a, a family name, but then mm-hmm. they refer to themselves as son of. Well, or they do. Of, the House of Duras, the House of Moog, mm. the House also. of. What's that? No. Also, yeah, the House of whatever. Yeah. But then but it, it seems, seems like sometimes the houses are really old, like the name is really old, but sometimes the houses are of literally the person standing there. Right. So, I mean, can you just create your own house? Maybe if you're yeah. powerful and worthy. Yeah, I would think so. The house of Starfleet Boy? <laughs> well, yeah, because we two. get the house of Quark, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot. Um yeah. Well, anyways, so going back to that, like, I also thought, like, well, I don't know that, like, I don't know that it's always taken into account, or the show doesn't always seem to, like, remember that Worf himself is an anomaly because he was raised among humans. We have to remember that he did choose to be in Starfleet. He, he's he been living amongst humans for at least five years now, more than that, we know, actually, because he was raised um, mm. by the Rojenkos. Um, and so I just think that, like, you're right earlier I guess you pointed out it's like Worf is always trying to be like this like perfect Klingon but it leads to him just seeming like kind of like an asshole <laughs> you know like or or like really inconsiderate because it's like why why wouldn't you be considerate of your son why wouldn't you be considerate of Riker like you've grown up amongst these people and I, I wonder if like that's what do you think is that like poor Poor is writing, poor, is or, is poor writing like, or is that like, or is that like a flaw that's intentional in the characters? Does it come across as a intentional? So I don't flaw? know if it's intentional, but I think we can count it as a flaw of the character. Like that's that's him, that's how mm-hmm. he is. Um, but like as you, we have many different cultures, you know, as humans on like on planet Earth. Um, but we always have like the the ideal humans, right? Always try to respect each other's cultures and understand them without necessarily imposing them on other people. Whereas Worf always seems to prioritize everything Klingon above all like above all else. It's always the, the Klingon culture and the Klingon tradition is important and it, everyone else can go like, you know, screw themselves, right? 
I'm excited so for maybe when that's War... just him. What's that? Maybe that's just him. Maybe that's just how he is. Maybe that's just how the character is. Little a little moment of speculation here. Do you think War like we're all hopeful that everyone's going to come back for Old Man Picard, right? But there's no guarantee At least for that cameos. that's. Yeah, there's no guarantee I wouldn't of that. Think, but like, I wouldn't think they're going to be main. I think this is really going to be a, a Picard show. Just, what do you? What would you like to see Worf like in in if he comes back um, on the show? Like, where where would you like to see? How would you? How how do you envision Worf in that in that kind of future? Aside from what may already be written, or like you know, apocrypha, or you know. Okay, um, so. I would see, like, not taking into consideration any of the you know fan-written novels or whatever, um, I would I would see Worf as kind of he's he's older, he's mature, um, he has a lot of background with both Starfleet and the, and the Empire. He has influence in Starfleet and the Empire, and I would see him as some sort of ambassador um, between both. Um, both people because at this point um the federation or starfleet uh sorry yeah the federation haven't yet accepted i would assume haven't yet accepted the klingons into the federation or the klingon empire maybe just haven't asked to be part of it so they're two very distinct organizations and so you need um someone to you know kind of relay information between them and speak and i think wolf would be a, a very good choice for that Based around uh, some of <clears throat> this, we're still in the speculation portion of the show. Based around, <laughs> based around some of the uh, statements that uh, Patrick Stewart made about why he's choosing to come back. All right. Okay. It's always listening. Uh, Patrick computer. Stewart made <laughs> shut off. Computer. I wish I could say computer instead of you know S I R I. It's coming. That's what uh, Mr. Mr. CEO of Google wants to do. Really? Yeah. And and Major Barrett's voice. I hope so. I have to get that. I'll switch everything to Google if that happens. I'm very disappointed that Discovery don't use her voice, but then maybe well, they could. Ha- well, I know. I don't know, but I heard someone's working on creating a completely synthetic um, program that that approximates uh, Majel's voice. Uh, I approve. It'd be cool, huh? I approve. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. Uh, but going back to what I was saying is that um, I've heard and I've had some discussions around like, well, you know, what's the landscape going to be like? Uh, in terms of the the Picard show, and he had made some statements about like he's choosing to come back to Star Trek because now more than ever, you know, it's needed in a sense. Uh, I, th- that's a paraphrase, of course. So he didn't say it like that, but hmm. the the gist of it was that. And and it makes me wonder if we won't see parallels to our current like, not just because um, Star Trek the Federation is kind of like it imagines, you know. It's a scenario that like would be more akin to the United Nations than than like America, mm. you know, like or one yeah. country. It's more about like the world, right? Mm. Um, but right now, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world, and I wonder, you know, I'm I'm almost certain that that's going to be the landscape of the Picard show too. So it'd be neat, I think, if like we get like situations that we didn't even expect. Like, what if Worf is the president of the Federation, but he's like Donald Trump? 
Okay, <laughs> I see what you're doing. It's just an example. I really hope they stay away from the the Donald Trump trope. <laughs> but he's a real problem. I mean, like that trope I, is a okay, real, I, you know, I, like I, a real problem. It's not a trope. It's actually a problem, Sean. Okay. <laughs> the United Either States. <laughs> the United States elected him president. Yeah, but there's a. <laughs> I, I know there's a significant amount of people that you know. But now, but what I'm disagree, saying is, I guess, <laughs> to say the least. But not focusing on nevertheless, the cunt, the country, you know, the the system in place put him as president. So I mean, I think everyone, not just the people that I wouldn't want voted Warf for to, him. I wouldn't want anyone to do that to Warf either. I was just joking. It was a bad example. But what? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna stop there. Um, I no, I, I just I hope they don't go into something um, that is like I don't know too too close to the reality of 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 the world. Um, I think Star Trek always managed to find a way around being too explicit. Um, sometimes they are. Alright, there's the guy with the black and white face and then the guy with the white and black face. But I see what you mean. Like, I don't think Star Trek, if if Star Trek disagreed with the politics of George W. Bush, for example, there was never a caricature of George W. Exactly. Bush on exactly. Star Trek. I see what you there, mean. There would like, never be it, the, oh, well, there's, there's this crazy, you know, president that's, you know, right, they going on it, wars. And Alec Baldwin they, won't be able to do his Donald Trump impersonation on... <laughs> no, I get it. Look, I, I hear what you're saying. No. I, I guess that's. I guess I that's mean, a really if you good, see like an alien yeah. president come up with like a a blonde wig, <laughs> I, I I don't think that's you know that's not something Star Trek should be doing. Fantastic. Or like, or like they have, they have like an orange alien, right? I mean, <laughs> the the subtitle of the Picard show will be "Fantastic Spaceships and Where to Find Them." It's going to be all about Picard's fascination with like hot rod spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> See number one. This one is cloaked. <laughs> we need to call <laughs> call in the wolf. Fantastic spaceships and where to find them. The crimes of wolf. <laughs> uh, the crimes of Klingon wolf. Um, do you think? Uh, would you like to see Alexander? Would you like to see an update to or hear about Alexander in the Picard show? Like, is that is he? Does he turn out to be a compelling enough character to uh, for you to want to see him again? No. Okay, I'm I'm unfair. <laughs> I'm unfair. I would want to see Alexander again. It's just that in the context of the Picard show, I want ten episodes on Picard, and that's it. I think I think they should really focus on him. And they should really focus on his arc. And I think if they weigh it down with too many like other characters that we've seen in TNG, A, it'll feel like a TNG <laughs> reboot or a TNG continuation. And I don't think that's what they want to do. They want to do a Picard show. Um, and then I don't also, also um, too many cameos are going to turn it into just who's going to come in next, right? Like, if you have Riker in the episode one, and then Troy in episode two, and then, you know, Crusher in episode three, like, oh my god, who are you going to Like, that's not what you're looking for. You, right, uh, like, I want to see Dr. You. Russell again. 
<laughs> I would like to see Pulaski. I know people hate Pulaski, but I would like to see Pulaski. I'm assuming. Oh gosh, but like, she'll be very old. I think she's retired on like some planet, hanging out, ch- chilling. Oh, uh, telling like <laughs> um, racist stories about this android she used to know. <laughs> it wasn't a human. It was a machine. Why did he keep on pretending to be human? Oh boy! Um, so I think we we totally covered the wharf uh, ethics, and I think we both agree the that they're one. definitely huh. There's the other <laughs> ethical. Then we have to talk about the other ethical thing. Who was right, Doctor Crusher or Doctor Russell, or were they not, or were, was it gray for you? What What do you think? I think there's a simple answer to this, but then I mm-hmm. may be wrong. My simple answer mm-hmm. is um, the patient's choice. I think that. Um, the doctor was wrong to do that to the patient that was unconscious um, because she essentially um, imposed uh, her treatment, her experimental treatment on, on the patient. The patient couldn't, maybe the patient would have said, yes, I want to do this. Even if I die, it might help millions of people after. But they chose. And that's what Worf did. Worf chose to do this. Um, and I think that's, that's the important thing. The patient needs to be able to choose. I think there were like a lot of ethical flaws that uh, both characters were making. One thing that stands out to me, like, I mean, the ones of Dr. Russell are kind of obvious, like that example you just gave. And then also like, you know, she, uh, uh, you know, she, she's some of her statements in that scene too. It's like, she, you know, they're just a little alarming, you know, she's just like, not even like, it doesn't seem like she really was. Yeah. It just seems a little, you could see where Dr. Crush is coming from, but do you, but I also think it was wrong for Dr. Crusher to not present that, hey, okay, well, this is your best option. It'll get you 60% of your mobility. It's the safest option. It'll mean you'll be around for your kid. Mm. But there's another option that is extremely dangerous. And, you know, I can't let you make the decision in like 10 minutes, but I'd like you to think about it for a week and let me know. She should have absolutely presented that option. And she should have also... Um, been more open-minded when it came to the suicide option because in 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 Worf's eyes that is very much something that is normal um, to do and he wanted to do that and you know maybe she could have tried and argued her point of view say hey look this you know this treatment or that treatment she could have maybe like forced or kind of argued that a little harder but then she should have been open-minded and said like but ultimately if you want to just kill yourself or you know get your Klingon bro to kill you then you can do that as I'll, fantastic I'll, I'll as even, I'll even you know do the Klingon death scream you know <laughs> well yeah I think that like that's the, the thing is that like it would have been cool if like the episode did maybe and, and, and Star Trek's done this before like within the episode we go forward like a week in time and then con- you know what I mean like it didn't all have yeah. I, I felt like the urgency was maybe perhaps unnecessary in this episode because like once the accident happened like Worf's decision to kill himself like it's not going to be a dishonor if he's around for like three four weeks you know, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean like they could have like, they could have had Worf um, you know uh, Paralyzed in a few episodes following that. I mean, it's not necessary to have Worf's, Worf's legs behind Picard on the bridge every time we film, you know, <laughs> the captain. Um, right. So we could have had this story arc, and I think that's that. That is again my main complaint 
is this whole thing is just condensed into one episode. So, but then you also have this thing in the end where, um, like the the very final scene, Worf tries to uh, get up, and then Troy says to Alexander he wants to do it himself, and then Worf says no, I I I, I want my son's help, and this is something we're going to do together. This is like, uh, um, what is it? Re- what do you call it? Rehabilitation? No. Yeah, re- the rehab. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to do this together, right? Um, but then we never see that. Next episode, he's fine and dandy, just walking around. I know, <laughs> which is which is a shame. We could have seen that. That would have added a lot more depth to their relationship as father and son, and how like he helped him regain full mobility, even if it was guaranteed because of the the, the procedure. It's just like it was. It's a missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, and again. Cutting edge for its time, uh, TNG yeah, did the best it could. Where this is where like DS Nine actually becomes like a more interesting show to talk about in terms of like these longer, draw, you know, it drawn becomes out serialized. But then serialized, I, yeah. I don't like the, the the way people describe Star Trek, the Star Trek of old, as being hard reboots at every episode. Like oh, oh, all of these characters kind of forget what happened to them previously. That's not true. All right. They act very professional, and they don't let it impact their job. But we always call back to other episodes. We always call back to events that happened to them and, and, and to that kind of stuff. So and, that- and, and I'm pretty sure, and you know, there's a way around all of the critiques, which is like one just has to use their imagination and fill in the gaps. And like, that's okay. I think that's fair. You know, like, <laughs> so no, I agree. That's it's a good thing. What's that fancy future bottle you have going on there? My fancy future bottle. It's just, it's got a, it's got a, a straw that goes to the end, which means I can just suck on the nipple suck there. On, suck on uh, the nipple there. Pull the teeth. <laughs> the teeth. Uh, that's very interesting. It works, but it has this flaw where if I lift it at, at like a regular bottle, then I don't know something happens with the air and it sounds weird. So, uh, podcast audience, that uh, that 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 might be worth going to the YouTube to uh, check out. <laughs> so that that's uh, the sound my bottle makes when it when it's inclined. It sounds like a, you a dying wrong. creature it's of some sa- sort. <laughs> it's it's so, the sound your bottle makes when you suck it wrong. Um, yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> before this turns into Drunk Space Nine, um, which I have off line things to talk about with you but we gotta remember <laughs> um that almost co- did the did that cover all my oh one more thing in my notes was uh i wanted to talk a little bit about something that i think might be easily overlooked in this episode and the reason why is because it's done so well is the prosthetics like the spine looked awesome yeah. in the I, surgery I, I, scene I wrote that klingon spine and, error it's fucking yeah awesome. <laughs> really and is. like just the the whole surgery scene where they open well. up his his back and yeah and actually i have a few mm. notes about like I thought it was interesting. I don't recall if we've ever seen the surgery bed before, but it's like it's different. It has like a I hate great the dorky outfits. Um, no, I love this the red surgery oh God, outfits. The, the, the fucking yes, I disagree. Yes, so I thought <laughs> okay. that was a neat <laughs> a neat production uh, design yeah. element of this episode, and it, it looked really thoughtful. Because like if you notice the 
there's probably a lot of blood like draining everywhere and then so the there was like a soft bed that was only on the necessary parts mm. like for his head and like his torso you know i guess running down but then the rest of it was a grate and you just imagine blood and fluids just flowing in there and who knows maybe they recycle them somehow in the future you know what i mean like maybe they're able to like <laughs> instead of losing blood you just put the blood back right back into the patient when you're done and I, like the I, I kind of feel like tension. they should be moving into like transporter technology to be healing people, like transport the spine out, transport the spine in, um, do an exchange or something. But um, something still need to be done by hand, Sean. I, I, okay, well, I mean, Crusher says it. I can't heal everything. Um, as as uh, as we witnessed, and she's trying to. I thought that was cool too. Is like. I did feel like it was a little glimpse of what it would be like to have an ER type Star Trek show. Like, could you imagine like a show set on no. a hospital ship? <laughs> yes. No. Like it would be awesome. I would take that. So I categorically hard. refuse. <laughs> no, could no, you thanks. imagine ER the the Star Trek ER? It would have okay, been. I awesome. say no, but I would watch it. All right, it's Star Trek. I would watch it the same way I'm going to watch Salvation Academy whenever that comes out. It's just that is that, it is that happening? <laughs> it is happening. Oh, it, okay. Well, okay. It was it was in the official like little bullet point list that they had. They had Khan, they had Picard, they had Starfleet Academy, an animated series. And so Picard is the first, and, and it, it's coming. And so I'm, Khan will be coming soon, I suppose. It's just that you got to think that like CBS, they don't they don't just want to put out Star Trek shows. They want to have Star Trek on on CBS All Access all year, so that like you don't unsubscribe and you keep on coming back. Anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about was that small moment between Worf and Deanna where he asks her to take care of Alexander if he dies. And um, it just goes to show how important Troy is to Worf. And I, I sense the, the, like, I sense that she like this. Yeah. Sorry, flash forward to season seven. Um, they become a thing. Um, and I think a lot of people have a problem with that. I don't because there's been that underlying, I suppose, closeness for quite a while. I for wouldn't call it necessarily I, romantic, but for a second I noticed because your your HD symbol keeps coming up, mm -hmm. and I was like. Man, Sean looks so much like Chris Evans. It's ridiculous. Um, yes. Anyways, <laughs> in in HD, uh, in HD, <laughs> I would like to officially apologize to Chris Evans. I don't look like oh. you. I don't know. There's something there. Starfleet, I don't know what it Starfleet is. Starfleet boy, believe no. It's just because I'm it's a like fan. It's like a twinkle of, in I, your eye or something. <laughs> there's something going I'm, on. I'm, I'm a fan of the Evans. The Evans. So, we all are. Who isn't a fan of the Evans? I would like to see him on Star Trek on the Picard show. That would be amazing. Oh my god! And it yes. all kind of fits in, right? Like James McAvoy. I don't know if this is real or not. Said that he would play uh, Picard in flashbacks. Okay, he made a, a joke uh, and everyone freaked out. Because right? it's awesome. He, he was, he responded to why the wouldn't anyone freak out? Come on. He responded to the Instagram <laughs> photo um, of Picard saying that the series was underway. And he said um, something to the effect of, if you need someone for flashbacks, um, I'm here, wink, wink. He says, you don't even need to pay me. I accept autographs. 
Right? So it was funny. He was just saying, hey, it's great. I've, I've, been young, I've been young Picard. Well, I've been young Xavier, so I can be young someone else. It's true. He's, Ta- all, he's, uh, <laughs> he's probably also saying that not really as a joke, because considering the X-Men franchise is also over... <laughs> He's no longer young Xavier. No, there's so the, Dark Pheni- the Dark Phoenix movies coming out. It's Dark Phoenix and then New Mutants and then it, that's it. That's the end of the X-Men film. Wait, series. Dark Phoenix and then what? You broke up on that last one. Dark Phoenix the and new, then what? The new, new Mutants. Oh, gotcha. Which okay, so fe- then yeah, maybe fe- he does. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe. Maybe he, do, maybe he needs to work now. But then he's, he's going to be in Split or Glass. That's right, and then also, uh, I wonder what Tom Hardy has to say about that because he's the original young Picard. No, he's actually not. There's a guy on TV that was the original young Picard, so never mind. <laughs> All right, uh, what else? Oh, I wanted to also give like kind of like a a shout out to a couple of scenes. Like I did like the progression of sort of the sort of the one on one scenes. Like you have. Like the the really emotional scene between where Worf asks Riker, Riker then goes to Picard, then you know you basically have Beverly not even like she she asks Doctor Russell to stop all after that conversation in the um, in the uh, the triage room you know in the cargo bay she's like look you're not practicing on my ship and so she's like okay fine whatever and then Picard's I love the like, fact that she has the authority to do that by the way. Oh, yeah. I love the, the fact sh- she's yeah. like chief medical officer on the Enterprise. Whoever the hell you are, you're not allowed to practice on my practice yeah, on my ship anymore. It was a badass. The, it was. This, to me, it was like, a powerful moment. I, something we don't do like in a structured way, but we loosely kind of do it is we always kind of point out who who owned the episode, right? And to me, this oh, was you want to really do tough, an MVP? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Riker. No, it was Crusher. Is it? Is it okay? <laughs> it was Crusher. I vote Crusher on this she one. Crushed we'll have to it. let the audience. She crushed it. We'll have to let the audience decide when we're not in agreement. So, audience, uh, we'd like to hear who, what did you call it, the MV, the most valuable pl- person on the episode? Yeah, most valuable player. Uh, but as far as between us, it's a tie then. So I guess we have two most valuable players. But everyone gave a strong performance. But I just wanted to say that this I like how Picard... Everyone is the most valuable player. I know, that's true. <laughs> 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 well done, number one. <laughs> uh, but I did like that Picard kind of nicely orders her to <laughs> to do the procedure. And she's just like... And I like how <laughs> I she gets... Again, the other reason I think she's the best in this episode is like, yeah, it's true that the two problems are war- Worf's. Worf's problem is the main problem, obviously. That's like what puts everything into motion, right? But like, I think Dr. Crusher dealing with it was like probably Steve. the most compelling. Steve is the issue. <laughs> Steve. Steve didn't fasten the, the barrel correctly. That's why it <laughs> fell. I like how, did we just invent Steve? Or is it like Bob? <laughs> Steve. I hate Steve. Why did he do that? Every issue is always him. Uh, Captain, there have been a a number of accidents on the Enterprise, and we've managed to locate the source is all Steve. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to do with Steve? (laughs) All right, we might have to cut this short. uh, All right, well, okay, well, no, that's pretty much it. I know you have a baby. Mm, Little one, it's so cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so anyways, I guess I say Crusher, you say Worf. Time to give it the ratings. I'll go first. Ooh. Have your idea. Do you think you know what I'm going to rate this episode? Um, Don't say no. it. Just think it. Just think it in your mind. <laughs> okay. I think you're going to rate get- it this. Okay. Eight. Yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I give this episode an eight because despite any flaws and things that don't stand the test of time, it is a really compelling episode and it, it, it gives you a lot to think about. And obviously we've been going on for about 72 minutes, so a lot to talk about as well. And we didn't even cover everything, I'm sure. <clears throat> I give it a seven. Oh. I give it a seven. That's really this good. Close. This is close. It's super close. It's we keep close. Our average without even doing complex math is 7.5. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, it's, any, uh, any closing statements on why, like, or your seven, just if you want to feel like justifying your seven there? Um, no, I think we said everything. It's, it's, it's a good episode of Star Trek. It, it really tackles, it, it does what I like. It, ta- it tackles moral issues. So there's not... Well, there is sci- like sci-fi concepts, I suppose, when it comes to like, the changing of the spine and that kind of stuff, the procedure in itself. But it's more about this is more about um, the struggle, the ethical struggle and the dilemma. Mm-hmm. And it has these beautiful character moments that I like. Appropriately named. One last mm. thing, Sean, before I let you go, um, the if you are interested in uh, funding or helping to promote um, curing spinal injuries and, and, and problems of that sort. A great foundation to look into is the Christopher Reeve Foundation. For those of you who know who Christopher Reeve is, he's the actor who played Superman in the films in the 80s, and he had a terrible accident which rendered him paralyzed. So it was a real-life example of this and so he created a foundation with his wife whose name I forget uh, at the moment but um, it's actually Mrs. named after Superman. both of them Mrs. Su- Mr. and Mrs. Reeves yes Mrs. Superman um, and so that was a tragic thing that happened in Hollywood until many people who he was a beloved actor um, but I think if I'm not mistaken that foundation and many others like it are behind some of those advancements that uh, that are happening which are are, oh, wow. are very parallel to Star Trek and that's it. <laughs> live long and prosper, Sean. Yes, live long and prosper, you too. I'll, Everyone I'll else. see you next time, and I'll see you on Trek on the Tube. <laughs> Bye. See ya.